Have you seen the price of custom cabinetry and countertops lately? If you're looking for quality, affordable remodels, call Carriage House Woodworking. Our helpful professionals will walk you through every step of the process. We're offering a free sink base with qualifying purchases. Just enter C-H-W-E-I-N-C dot com slash Todd or call 317-406-3042. Call Carriage House Woodworking. You won't have to spend your kids' inheritance just to upgrade your kitchen. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism. And listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Time to talk to our good friend Jay Hyde, Executive Director, Shepherd Community Center. Jay uh, is a little bit, he's just got a issue with his voice this morning. He's feeling fine, he's healthy, just uh, a little flare-up with I think, allergies and asthma. So Jay, it's good to have you. Welcome to the program this morning, sir. Uh, it's good to be here. and It's always good to chat with you, Todd. Well, I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate this uh, this series of things we've learned from you and this uh, breaking the cycle of of poverty in our neighborhoods and addressing them hands-on as citizens, as people, as a community versus going through the uh, inefficient channels sometimes that we have uh, in in government. So I want to talk about what the seventh asset here of of breaking the cycle of poverty, and that is what, Jay? It's self-advocacy. Okay, and what, what do you mean by that, self-advocacy? Explain that to our, our listeners. Well, I, I think it's how do you stand up for yourself? When someone says no, how do you handle that? Uh, when you, an example would be, so my child is sick and I call the doctor and the doctor says, oh, we don't have any appointments today. You know, as as a parent, uh, I'm going to say, okay, what are my options? Is there somebody else I can see? What do I need to do? Mm-hmm. Many times in poverty, uh, what is taken away is your ability to be a self-advocate. You're taught not to question. You're not. You're you're taught not to push back. And and so what will happen is they'll say, well, I called the doctor. They said no appointments. And um, and and so they'll end up in the ER, and people will say, "Well, why are they going to the ER?" And mm. you know, where I was taught to say, "Okay, what other options are there? What's what's the the first reaction we can have?" But if what has happened when you questioned, you get punished, you you get in trouble. Uh, poverty doesn't uh, allow you. Uh, it, it's it's part of the the challenge and why government welfare has said you've got to conform and and what Christ says is you are made to, in a beautiful and wonderful way and, mm-hmm. and that you you need to work hard and provide and and do these things and government says no and and so if you're trying to move forward Galatians Paul says in Galatians 5 1 it is for freedom amen that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves 
be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. He's talking about the yoke of slavery of, of sin, that bondage that comes. And, and, and societal norms sometimes pressures our folks to, to not live in the freedom that Christ has given us. And we want to help them. We, we one time had a student. She was going to a school in Kentucky. And she called and said, I have to come home. And one of our staff said, why? And she said, they told me I owe all of this money and I don't have any way to pay it. So they said, I got to leave. Now, we knew that we had helped pay for some of this and and that she had a scholarship. Mm -hmm. And so we had to actually, she had already called her mom, come get me, I'm leaving. I don't have the money to do this. Uh, and, And so... We walked through and found out the school had made a mistake. Huh. That's mm. a surprise, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and we told her, go sit outside the door of this person. And that person comes out asking to help you and tell them you need to talk this through. And, and it, sure enough, it proved that the school had made a mistake and what she owed wasn't anywhere near what they said. And we were able to help her and she was able to stay in school. But, you know, when, when we hear from authority that the problem's ours and we don't have a solution, we're ready to give up. And that's, that's not the way uh, we want to do that. And so it's not that we call people to defiance, but we call people to freedom, the freedom that God has given us. And, and then to learn how to advocate. And, and I say this all the time, poverty takes away your ability to advocate and navigate. Mm-hmm. And and we want folks to be able to say, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. Uh, we had another student at college, and and so it's not that we want to do this all for them. And we could call and figure it out, and talk to people, and we know people, right? And and say, hey, something's not right. But we want to help them learn that skill because that's part of life. Mm-hmm. Well, in saying that, it reminds. <laughs> Reminds me of uh, when I was at Butler, right before graduation, <clears throat> this is just, I mean, you reminded me of this, but I couldn't, they said I couldn't uh, get my dipl- diploma because I had an outstanding amount that I owed. And it was literally, I can't, I'm not making this up. It was like a dollar and 37 cents or something like that for, I don't know what it was, like a late library book or something like that. And I literally had to go. I had to go and pay that, and um, but you're, that was obviously a tiny amount of money in different circumstances. But there's problems like that. You're right that come up, and if you don't have resources and you don't have people around you that can help you navigate those, or you just you don't know your your options are kind of cut off. It, it reminds me of when I was at Butler as well. One time we were doing a, a project with one of the IPS schools, and at the end of the semester, we invited them to Hinkle Fieldhouse, and we were going to you know, feed them and get them pizzas. I was in charge of the food. I made arrangements. I won't name the pizza place, but with the pizza place um, the week before, I showed up the day to get the pizza, and they weren't there to give us the pizza. <laughs> and so I sat there in my car and thought, well, what am I going to do? And so I went to the McDonald's down the street. It was during lunchtime, and I walked in and apologized. I said, look, I'm sorry, but I've got 100 or whatever it was, 50 kids that are hungry at Hinkle. Can you give me 50 cheeseburgers or whatever? I felt 
terrible for what that did to the, the lunch rush. But to your point, some people, you know, they, they don't know that those sorts of things are options. And um, when you're when you're taught a certain way or when you're limited with what you could do to begin with, uh, because of the realities of your situation, it can inhibit your ability to better your circumstances, I think is what I'm hearing you saying. Is that right? Right. And and to make sure that you get the care you need, get the, the support you need, you know, for our students. If, if I'm advocating for my kids, which throughout their career in school and high school and college, there was times that mom and dad had to step in and say, hey, something's not right. And um, <clears throat> and, and we wanted to make sure that uh, we, we don't want to protect them from reality, but we want to help them know how to advocate for themselves. And, and most of all, I want them to know how to live in the hope that Christ has given them, mm-hmm. that, that we're not in bondage to the frailties of this world. And, and so we don't have to accept brokenness. We don't have to accept it. Uh, you know, I want my neighbors to not have to say, so we have all this crime that's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we don't have to accept that. Mm-hmm. I, I had a group of pastors we meet once a month, and uh, our mayor came out, and, and we uh, we were praying for him, but we said to him, it's our job to make this neighborhood safe. That's right. We're not going to police our way out of this. You know, police do a great and amazing job, but it's really the church's role to make the community safe. Uh, because we can instill hope that we're not in bondage. I don't have to accept this life as it is. God wants for me the very best. And I want his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Well, and I'm reminded too, as you're talking about the, uh, even even the biblical stories of people that approach Jesus. I mean, they were, you know, sometimes adamant or, you know, they, they went in and, sometimes asked for, you know, bold, I think of the woman who touched the hem of his garment, you know, and they, in a sense, they were maybe adamant or, you know, not afraid to advocate, I guess, in that sense for themselves. And um, that is a part of, of growing up. And we don't naturally always know that. I mean, when I was younger, my parents had to look out for me too. And, you know, and, difficult circumstances that there's not the family structure or the resources or people are pulled in many directions because of realities of this of this life it gets harder for that to happen i guess is is what i'm hearing you is what i'm hearing you say yeah and i i think you say the woman that touched the hand of jesus garment is important society said she was to be shunned and no one was allowed to be around her her shadow could not fall on them mm. And uh, yet she advocated for herself. She didn't take that as something that needed to be accepted. She she wanted God's best and God's wholeness for her. And she wasn't going to be and, stopped. And she, yeah. Right. So, Jay, you do a lot of great work. If people listening to us this morning are interested in maybe helping someone uh, learn how to self-advocate or to uh, some of these other 
um, assets to breaking the cycle of poverty, just just to be a resource to the people in the community, uh, the people that that you serve at Shepherd. What do they do? How do they? What can they? How do they reach out? What can they do to get involved? Yeah, they can call us at three one seven three seven five zero two zero three three seven five zero two zero three. Or they can go to our website, shepherdcommunity.org, our Facebook page. And the thing I really want to push is we get ready to go back into the start of the school year and after school. We need folks who will read with kids, will help tutor kids. There's a lot to make up, and our kids deserve the best. And we want to encourage folks to get involved. Maybe you want to come and work in our kitchen and volunteer and help serve the 20 some, uh, about uh, 2,200 meals, 2,400 meals a week we serve to children and teens. Hmm. Maybe you'd want to volunteer that. Um, there's always a way, whatever your skill set is, um, we know that people care, and it's really our responsibility to make mm-hmm. this happen. Well, and as you were sharing with me before we started chatting here, I mean, there's, you know, you're, you're getting, you're moving towards school, getting you know, more people back in there and trying to get back to whatever, you know, post-COVID normal situation looks like. So there's there's other needs and, um, you know, there, there's plenty of opportunities for folks to get plugged in. Yes, absolutely. Whatever their skill set and interest is, we can make it work. Well, Jay, I appreciate it as always. Thank you for sharing with us and continue doing what you're doing, my friend. Thanks, Todd. Jay Height, Shepherd Community Center's Executive Director. You're listening here to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. By the way, program brought to you. Got lots of good folks to bring you this program. You can find out more about them at supportouradvertisers.com. One of those one of those advertisers is Killident Removal. Killidentremoval.com. Sid and his team at Killident can help with a paintless dent removal, PDR. Pull dents out of your vehicle. Maybe you've been hit with hail. There were some hailstorms that went through this area. Oh, a couple of um, weeks, maybe a month or so ago. A lot of folks got damaged. When I was in there last at Sid's shop, I saw cars that I they had circles all over them. In fact, if I'm being honest, out the corner of my eye, I thought, what kind of a paint job does this, this thing have? And upon closer inspection, they were circled uh, dents on this little, uh, it was a Volkswagen is what it was. Anyway, a lot of hail damage, and they can fix a lot of that without the trouble of sending you to a a body shop, and it's quicker, it's usually more affordable, and it can get you back up and running uh, much more, much sooner than you than you realize. Killadentremoval.com is that website address, or call them 317-480-9433. So I want to talk a little bit here. This is something, uh, actually my wife sent me last night. I would seen this elsewhere, but I want to make sure that um, credit is given, but this is Representative Cory Bush. Cory Bush, of course, member of the squad. She's a Democrat from the state of Missouri. The stuff that we're subjected to by these uh, 
you know, with, with these radicals is, is unbelievable. So let's set the stage here a little bit. Cori Bush, a big proponent of defunding the police. Cori Bush, a big proponent of basically not just not just making some changes in law enforcement, just literally ripping it apart, right? Totally fundamentally changing this issue of, of law enforcement here in this great nation. Has a team of uh, personal security forces, a personal security force to keep her from getting injured, which, by the way, I don't want anything to happen to Cori Bush. I want Cori Bush to be healthy. I don't want anybody to attack Cori Bush. I think her her ideas, her ideology um, are, are both, well, they're dangerous. Um, they're in many instances, it's it's silly. It's the it's antithetical to the Constitution and freedom and liberty. I think she's bad news as far as her ideas go. What she wants to see implemented here in this country, there's no mistake about that. But she doesn't need to be physically harmed. She needs to be stopped politically. She needs to be removed from office through the ballot box. But she doesn't need to be threatened or you know, someone trying to physically harm her. And so, but that's true of anybody, right? And that's kind of the point that why can somebody like this have access to, I forget the number here. Does it tell me in this article? I'm looking here post-millennial. I've seen this in a couple of places. There it is, 70,000. In July, it was revealed that this is in the post-millennial, how they put it, that avid defund the police advocate Bush, this is Cory Bush, Democrat representative, state of Missouri, had spent around $70,000 on private security over the past few months. Between April 15th, tax day, which is the grand holiday for the federal government, and June 28th, happens to be my son's birthday, Bush's uh, campaign sent $54,120 for, quote, security services to New York-based firm RS&T Security Consulting, according to recent Federal Election Commission records. Over the same time period, the campaign also paid Nathaniel Davis $15,000 for, quote, security services. So that is May, so two and a half months that is $69,120. So if there's a leftist listening that has trouble with math, I'm kidding, but not really. Take it easy. I love you liberals. But if if that's $70,000 in about two months, roughly, those are approximations, estimations. So but Cori Bush is out there basically defending. It's, it's crazy. Listen to this. Listen to the soundbite where she's defending defending what she's doing. I mean, this is, it's just insane to me. The, the, the hypocrisy. It reminds me, by the way, of these governors. Remember, we just had governor, or not governor, this was a mayor, mayor of Washington, D.C., Brewer, who basically told us, hey, um, I'm going to implement new mask policies and I'm not going to abide by those. I mean, that's what she did. She now they were they were new mask policies, and they were within hours of kicking off. But she was seen on, well, on camera, 
inside maskless at a wedding. And it's just, it's crazy listening to these jokers explain, or try to explain, and defend themselves. And when, it, when you get down to it, the defense is quite simple. The defense is, I'm the person in power. I have things that I have to get done. Remember the mayor of Chicago. She's out there getting her hair cut while the rest of Chicago wasn't allowed to get their hair cut, was in lockdown and masks and whatever else. Beauty shops were closed, but she had to get her hair cut because she's special. And this is, this is how they go about of course they Of course they think they're special. I think they're God's gift to humanity, God's gift to society. And it's just it's one of the things that just really grates people about politicians. They don't even see the absurdity here. Again, this representative, Cori Bush, and this is about a 30-second soundbite. But this, what she says here, what she's doing here is paying $70,000 for herself to be protected, but yet at the same time wanting to take away policing in this country. And what in the world... For the average person, I mean, that that has ramifications. This is not complicated to follow. The hypocrisy here, the double standard, the average American can't afford to spend $70,000 in two and a half months on security services, right? I mean, this is just, this is, but she can, and it's okay, and she can get security forces. She can be, you know, have people worry about her safety, which, by the way, they should, but it's when it comes to the safety of the average person that she's not so interested. I mean, the hypocrisy here is, is deep. Here's, here's what she has to say. You can't get that off. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life. And I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend $10, 10, $10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be dollars. here to do the work. So suck it up. And defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets. Why don't you put your money in social safety nets? Why don't you give that $70,000 that's going to your private security over six weeks or no, I guess it was two and a half months, 10 weeks or whatever period of time that was. Why don't you take your money? See, it's just remarkable what they do. People, it, it it is insane to see how these politicians behave. And, and candidly, it's, I see it in both parties to some degree in generality. It's much worse amongst the left. It's much, much worse amongst the radical left because they don't have ideas that work in the real life. And so they have to, the things they do like this, which, by the way, if you're in danger, hiring security is a logical step. But see, that's for her. That's not for everyone else. Defunding the police... And putting that money into social safety net? What in the... The, the hypocrisy and the... I, I'm sorry. This is just the, the stupidity of this. I'm not saying there's no room for police reform or anything like that. There's always room for improvement. But the idea that we are so far off base for what we need in policing that we have to stop it and then just throw all that money into a social safety net? More... Entitlement programs, is that going to fix the problem of crime? We have skyrocketing crime rates in places. Cori Bush knows this because, well, she's hiring security. 
She knows that there are threats out there, but she just apparently can't see the connection of why the average person needs to be concerned as well. Quick timeout. But this is the left for you. I got to say, this is, this is the radical left. Do as I say, not as I do. Quick timeout. Back here in just a minute. back i want to get back to this well fox news reporter peter Ducey asked jen saki circle back saki about uh these comments made by cory bush which we talked about last segment but i just i saw i didn't see this until now folks we are today we we close uh on on this uh on our house we're um as you know starting this true tour we're going to be traveling and so, of course, doing this program, but uh, taking this show and the television show, which, by the way, the television show airs Mondays, 930 TV 40, or you can see it um, on our on our website as well. Actually, at community.toddhuffshow.com, you'll see new episodes there. Um, at least that's where we're putting them for the time being totally, totally free to access. You just you'll need to create an online profile to watch it there, but it's free and you can comment on stuff and whatever else. But anyhow. Um, I just saw this during the break. I didn't know this. Remember the Democrats that fled the state of Texas um, because they were being forced to vote on these, well, voter integrity. They were trying, they were, the, the Republicans in the state legislature and Governor, Governor Abbott called a special session into order and he basically said, we're going to vote. We're forcing, you know, we're going to, the special session, you have to vote on this. They don't have the votes to stop really common sense voting laws, the state, what the state legislature think needs to be done to prevent massive problems with the voting system. And what is wrong with that? Now, they'll try to say that these things are, uh, you know, infringing upon people's right to vote. I mean, it's, it's really absurd when you stop and think about it. We have polls that are open for Weeks. I don't know the exact amount of time, but folks, if you can't vote in the amount of time that they've given you, you you're not. Th- there is no effort. I mean, and barring the most extreme um, extreme circumstances, and even at that, there are other methods whereby you can you can vote. Um. Anyway, but two of these Democrats remember, remember they fled the D.C. They fled the D.C. The arrest warrant had been signed. The first of the arrest warrants and. They stayed in D.C. and they were posting posting online ways that you could send care packages. Remember that? You could send your favorite Democrat, House Democrat from the state legislature in Texas, a care package. Or you could send them some Hawaiian punch and some, I don't know, some tang and some orange slices, maybe some bubble gum. I don't know what they want. Coloring books. Maybe they still need some of those coloring books from the post 2016 election where Trump beat Hillary Clinton. Maybe that would come in helpful. But now two of those Democrats, two of those Democrats broke um, broke quorum reportedly by vacationing in the, st- in the nation of Portugal. So according to a report from the Texas Tribune, Julie Johnson and Jessica Gonzalez were, they're still participating in caucus meetings via Zoom uh, but they've taken a trip to Portugal. 
Texas Tribune reports that the Democratic caucus cannot account for two of the members of uh, who broke quorum. That would be Johnson and Gonzalez. Um, they're not in the nation's capital. They are instead in Portugal on vacation because they'd been planning this vacation for a while, for a year and a half now, non-refundable tickets. So they can flee. It's just <laughs> the theater here, the drama. I tell you what, if you had tickets somewhere and they wanted to shut something down or if they decided that you shouldn't go for some reason, you better believe you're not going. But these jokers, they can do, again, it's just the mindset, the mentality. And I don't want, look, even if you politically disagree with me, I don't want you to miss your vacation. I don't care if you're a raging lunatic, if, if you've you know, worked for this, whatever. But just, again, think about what we've been subjected to. Think about the theater that they've put that they've put into place. This could have already, the, the special session and things could have been addressed sooner if they hadn't fled, hadn't gotten care packages, love packages from the Democrats in the state of Texas or around the country. But it's just as they were fleeing and, you know, hiding out in D.C., hunkered down, protecting the rights of the citizens to vote. I mean, silly. That's not what they were doing, but that's how they portray this. <sighs> wanted to share that. wanted to share that again. It's, it's not unlike what we talked about last segment, just the inability for them. It's, it's, it's theater, and then there's also this divide between reality and, the reality of what makes sense in their lives and how they want to dictate and lord it over everyone else. Corey Bush says you shouldn't have police, but she needs personal security. These folks favor, you know, the Democrats down there in favor of extreme measures, lockdowns, all these things, social distancing, masks. Can't do anything without their permission, but they can jet around the world, worry about their their personal travels. Their schedules can't be interfered with. Quick timeout. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So, I know I'm skipping backwards. I didn't plan on talking about that. Um, Texas Democrats that long, but I wanted to play this soundbite going back to what we talked about a previous segment. Peter Ducey speaking with, well, questioning Jen Psaki, asking basically for the White House's uh, position, opinion on Corey Bush's comments, which we played earlier in the program about defunding the police. And this is that exchange. Democratic Congresswoman Cori Bush is saying that she favors spending tens of thousands on private security to keep her safe, and that people should, quote, suck it up, defunding the police has to happen. Suck Didn't President up. Biden say a few weeks ago that anybody who accuses the party of being anti-police is lying? Well, I think we shouldn't lose the forest through the trees here, which is that a member of Congress, an elected official, is concerned that her life is threatened, and that's disturbing that any elected official would have to suffer death threats and fear for their life. So I'm not going to comment, of course, on their security arrangements. I don't have any more details on that. Uh, but I think we should start with that point first. I will say uh, that the president has been crystal clear that he opposes defunding the police. Uh, he has said that. 
throughout the cam- his campaign for office. His record over the last several decades has made that clear. He has proposed increased funding for law enforcement and the COPS program, increased funding from his predecessor, who was, as you might note or be aware of, a Republican. So I'd note that his record is pretty clear on this. There may be some in the Democratic Party, including Congresswoman Bush, who disagree with him. That's okay. But I would say the majority uh, of Democrats, we've seen this in polling, and the majority of members uh, also uh, agree that we should not defund the police. Okay. So there you you got, I mean, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I kind of feel like Biden may have at some point actually – I don't know. I, I could be wrong. I'd have to check this. But as I was listening to her, I don't know that that's true. I feel at some point Biden did actually come down on the side of the defund police crowd. That is – I'm not making that claim outright, so don't don't um, quote me on that. But I don't know that that's actually really and truthfully accurate. So there you go. That's what she has to say about that. Corey Bush, I mean, suck it up. She wants you to suck it up. She gets to have private security, you know, but you got to suck it up. You don't need police. Back in just a minute. friends just the final moments here of the program this is a big day for for us in the program um actually on tuesday of next week we celebrate our sixth year since we launched the program and i appreciate you and your support we of course will air our second episode of huff the television show which you can again watch on tv 40 here in metro indianapolis or at community.tothuffshow.com. Just click on TV show and you can see the most recent episode. And, of course, I mentioned earlier today we are in the process of of, uh, closing on our house and beginning the process of starting the Truth Tour, which involves us traveling around the country, speaking at churches and other places, and then, um, you know, trying trying to get this program on more stations. We want to reach more people, and I appreciate your support and Um, prayers and anything like that. Just thank you so much sharing this program. It's a pleasure. The best people in the world. Uh, We got a great listening audience, and thank you for being a part of that. Gotta go. SDG. See you Monday. Take care.